when Jesus is asked to leave. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. Today we're going to be talking about Jesus' power. Um, Yesterday we were in a part of Luke chapter 8 that told the story of Jesus calming the storm. And it it put on display for us the power of Jesus uh, over nature, over forces of nature. Um, And so if Jesus has command over nature, um, he must be nature's creator, right? That's a logical conclusion that one could that one could come to. Uh, If you have command over nature, then you must be nature's creator. Um, And in yesterday's story, we didn't quite see the disciples making the leap into that conclusion, but we did see that their eyes were opened um, and that it began to make them think on a deeper level about Jesus' identity. Uh, Luke left us with the disciples saying, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. So Jesus has command over nature. In today's story, we'll see very clearly that Jesus has command over the spirit realm. Um, Again, this story uh, shows us something that Jesus has done before in Luke's gospel. Uh, Today, we see him uh, doing battle against some evil spirits that have taken possession of a man and just harassed and abused this man for so many years. And uh, the point again as much like the point yesterday, is that when Jesus' power is on display, it says something about his identity. And what the power of Jesus over the spirit realm says about his identity is the same thing that the power of Jesus over nature says about his identity. If you can command the spirit realm, then you are God overall. You are Lord overall. There's nothing uh, that is beyond uh, your power. And so uh, the point that Luke makes by telling this story as well and including it in his gospel is that Jesus has command over the spirit realm. He is God. He is, uh, he has all the authority of heaven and earth and, uh, he is most high God. And interestingly in this story, as Jesus encounters the demon, the demon makes a faith declaration on the basis of his knowledge of Jesus, because It's a spirit-to-spirit encounter, and the spirit of the demon recognizes the spirit of Christ uh, for who he is and makes a clear declaration of faith on the basis of his knowledge. (laughs) He knows who Jesus is. And so Jesus' power on display always says something about Jesus' identity, and so it's important for us to see uh, that these... um, stories of these encounters give us insight into who Jesus really is. All right, well, today we're going to be in Luke chapter 8. We're looking at verses 26 through 39, kind of a large section, and there's some great points that uh, I believe the Spirit will be able to uh, draw out some great insight and understanding for us as we read together. Uh, But before we read, uh, let's go before the throne and spend some time with the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. I thank you so much for your word and its power. I thank you so much, Jesus, that there's nothing outside of your command. There's nothing outside of your authority. There is nothing outside of your power. And God, that gives me such confidence because I know that in the scheme of things, the problems I face, the difficulties I face, the challenges I face 
are pretty small <laughs> compared to your uh, mighty power. And so, Lord, that tells me that I can trust you with anything. And I'm so grateful for that. Father, would you send your spirit to teach us today? Open our eyes and hearts uh, to the insight and understanding that you have for us. And we want to grow in your presence as we study your word together today. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Luke writes, They sailed to the region of the Gerizines, uh, which is across the lake from Galilee, When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerizines asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home. And tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Wow. This is a powerful story. It's interesting and and curious in so many ways as well. Um, What's interesting to me is the very first encounter Jesus has in this story is with the man. But technically he's in a conversation with the demon or one of the demons who had possessed the man because as soon as he steps out of the boat onto the shore the demon possessed man comes to Jesus falls at his feet and he cries out saying what do you want with me Jesus son of the most high god now that is a profession of faith that one spirit who who operates and functions in the spiritual realm the supernatural spiritual realm could only know because of the insight he has into the truth of who Jesus is. And so he is identifying for us who Jesus is because of his knowledge of Jesus from the spiritual realm. And he knows that Jesus has power because he's begging him not to torture him. (laughs) Jesus had commanded the spirit to come out of the man. uh, And then Luke describes for us the treatment the man had endured by this legion of demons, this grouping of demons that had possessed him. They abused him and constantly were throwing him to the ground and seizing him. And um, the man, uh, the town didn't know what to do with him. He was kind of the crazy man of the town. They chained him up and uh, kept him under guard. And he would break through the chains and then the demon would drive him out into the wilderness. And um, 
So when Jesus encounters this man, uh, he's naked. He's got to look as disheveled as ever. Um, certainly had a crazy look in his eye, was not in his right mind. And Jesus immediately speaks right to the source of power that had possessed him, to this evil spirit that had so powerfully possessed him. And Jesus says, what is your name? And the, and the demon speaks up and says, Legion, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. They don't want to be cast away. Um, and so they uh, ask if they could go into these pigs that are nearby, and Jesus allows them to do that. Then they take the pigs down the steep bank into the water, and the pigs drown. We can imagine from there the demons uh, take off and go elsewhere. Um, but the people watching, the people who had been tending the pigs, saw everything that happened. And they went back to town and gave report of it. And then a big crowd comes out to see what had happened. And what they see when they arrive is the man, the crazy man from town, who had this incredible strength, who was out of his mind, was sitting in his right mind, fully dressed at the feet of Jesus. Um, and they were afraid. <laughs> This is interesting. Isn't it interesting that in two straight stories, two successive accounts from Luke's gospel, Jesus' power is on display and the onlooker's response is fear because they do not understand uh, the power of one who would be greater than these things uh, that they knew had the power to consume them and undo them. Uh, and the story before, uh, the, the, the disciples knew that this storm had the power to do them in. And Jesus took power over the storm. How much more powerful must he be if he has command of nature? And in this story, these people saw the way that this, these evil spirits had so powerfully dominated this man. And they were afraid. And then they saw Jesus have power over the spirits that had so dominated this man. And they were even more afraid. And so they... They don't mess around. They ask Jesus to leave town. <laughs> Rather than seeing his power as a gift, they see it as a threat. And so they ask him to leave. And so he gets into the boat and he leaves. But before he leaves, he has this beautiful encounter with the man that he set free. And it's so beautiful because it reminds us to be grateful for the things that Jesus has set us free from. The man says, I want to go with you. I want to be one of your disciples. And Jesus says, no, I've got a different job for you. I need you to stay behind and be an evangelist. Tell everybody you come in contact with in town what God has done for you, what Jesus has done for you. And so the man went away and he went into town and he told everyone what Jesus had done for him. Should that not be the response when we have an encounter, a powerful encounter with Jesus, that we are moved to go and tell others what Jesus has done for us? At the very heart of the idea of evangelism, that's the definition, that we take the good news of what Jesus has done for us and we go tell others about it, uh, that we can't keep it contained. It's, it's such good news that comes spilling out of us because we're overwhelmed by the goodness of God at work in our lives. My friends, uh, what a great reminder. Um, and I love Jesus' words, return home and tell how much God has done for you. I want you to think about your life, your daily life for a moment. And, and I want to think about, um, I want you to think about the many ways throughout your day that you might have opportunities to tell people what Jesus has done for you. And I wonder if we, most of us, squander the opportunities in front of us to talk about what God has done 
or if we fear speaking up uh, because we might look like a little bit of a crazy person to our peers at work or uh, the people in our neighborhood or whatever. Uh, but uh, let's let's do a little uh, health check on our witness. Um, are you keeping it contained or is there joy in your heart? Is there a desire to tell others what Jesus has done for you? So let's look at our hearts today. Let's evaluate our witness and let's think about maybe the ways that we're missing opportunities to tell people about what Jesus has done for us. Maybe we've grown a little a little weary in the telling. Maybe we've grown a little fearful of people's reaction. Um, maybe we've just gotten... Maybe we've just gotten a little lazy. Um, Whatever the case may be, let's pray that God would inspire and empower our witness today uh, because we have so much to tell the world about what he's done for us. All right, my friends, thanks for studying with us today. God bless you. I pray you have a great day, and we'll catch up again tomorrow. Take care.